Welcome to the Defence Forces podcast brought to you by the Defence Forces Public Relations Branch. Hello and welcome to the Irish Defence Forces podcast. My name is Captain Keen Clancy and today we're welcoming onto the show some of our personnel who have balanced successful Defence Forces careers with high-level inter-county Gaelic Games careers. First, Commandant Sue Ramsbottom, who was part of the Leash uh, Gaelic football set up from 1986 to 2004. Welcome, ma'am. Thank you very much, Keen. Uh, next, Commandant Dermot Early, uh, Kildare football from 1996 to 2012. Welcome, sir. Thank you very much. Great to be here. And uh, next, Sergeant Gemma O'Connor, uh, Camogie for Cork from 1999 until the present day. Uh, welcome, sir. Thanks, sir. Um, so basically, as I as I always do uh, at nauseum at the start of a podcast, I'm going to go through kind of what we're going to talk about. So. Um, what we intend to do today is to have a chat about the highs and lows of your careers on the pitch and then about your Defence Forces careers and how you uh, managed to balance successful Defence Forces careers with an elite inter-county uh, career. So, um, first of all, I'll talk to you, ma'am, just about uh, yourself. You're, you're, uh, you're famous in uh, football circles for having, uh, you won, you, what was it, you won your first uh, club all Ireland at the age of 12. That's correct, yes. Um, <laughs> I played with the Heath because I'm from Timahoe, but we didn't have a club. Previous to that, I was playing with the boys, won an under 12 county medal with those. And um, actually, the principal of my primary school, she was our teacher in sixth class, and her older kids, her, her girls, were playing football with the Heath. So, and... They said, will you come and play with the Heat? And they were a very successful club at the time. So, yeah, at the age of 12, played my first All-Ireland, Club All-Ireland. So you can imagine who the teacher's pet was <laughs> in sixth class. <laughs> to me, that, that's mind-boggling, you know, looking back at, at that time. Because obviously, like, from a physical perspective, as what well, a 12-year-old versus, like, a, an adult, like, is it's yeah. crazy to think about. It's true. I, I was very lucky. My mum was sensible, and she realised, I suppose, you know, I, I love sport, and I played with the boys, and, that that would toughen you off, especially in around the 12, that age, 12 under 14, you know, girls and boys are very different in strength. Boys are much stronger at that age. But um, we got I, I got my grinding with those. And um, I mum wouldn't let me do all the heavy physical training because she decided, you know, you're growing, um, you know, at that age. And she was actually right, you know, in hindsight, it was right, you know, by the time, and in fairness, the club, realised, yeah, she can play and whatnot. So, yeah, I was very lucky. And it was a lovely club to start off my career with. They were, ex- yeah, they were excellent in every way. They were they were good role models yeah. and uh, in every way, yeah. So, and brilliant footballers too, so. If you're good enough, you're old enough. Yeah, if you're good enough, you're old enough. Tough enough. You kind of had early success, but um, it took a while and after that for, for success to come back again, given yeah. uh, the figure right. for seven All Ireland uh, finals before we won. Yeah, so by the, by the age of twenty, I had played in five All Irelands, five senior All Irelands in Croke Park. Sorry. So yeah, it's a good it's a good thing to have done, and then went on and we lost all those, but the losses make you. Yeah. You know, they, it wasn't about. It's about playing, and it's at that age, like when you're talking, you know, 14, 15, 16, you're involved with minors. I was playing volleyball, I was playing every sport. I was in school, I was in secondary school at that stage. You're playing a bit of everything, and it's not just you're not just focusing. Hindsight is great looking back and saying, Oh, you know, but that wasn't the focus. The focus was going out this match, playing it, and winning it, and going on. And as I said to you earlier, and Dermot was saying the same, and you were saying the same, Jim. It's very hard to put 
you know, the years exactly. Dates and, Dates yeah. and time. And you were just loving your time playing and just enjoying it. And I played to enjoy it. And all the good things came out of that. Even the losses were a good thing. Yeah. They crown you in the end of the day, mm. you know, to, to prepare you for other things in life, you know. What I was going to say was that going back to like Defence Force values of resilience and, and that kind of physical courage side of it, I mean, would you have found that obviously by the age of 20 you've played, you played in five All-Ireland, so what I was going to say was would have your Defence Force training have helped you with that resilience, but you can almost turn around and say would would that robustness of playing for that period of time have kind of helped you with joining the defence forces and kind of in your training? Yes, it would. And then when you, I played in All-Ireland when I was in the cadetship. And, you know, that back then, you know, they, they let me out for the All-Ireland the night before. And I remember the day of the All-Ireland, played the final, but I had to be back into the, into the cadet school by midnight, no banquet. Tough you know, loving, <laughs> toughening, strengthening. But you know, you you knew no better, and you know yeah. what? There was nothing wrong with it. Which, which is gas because what, what I think I said in the discussion was I hope that wasn't the one you won because that would have been very no, difficult. That been very no, that wasn't the one we won. But uh, yeah, yeah. But delighted to get it. and 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 my cadet class also got out, and I remember at that stage there was very few people in the stands, and I can remember Liam Toland and Mick Smith yeah. and all those. They were all big sports people. And I could hear them shouting. Yeah. You know, you'd never hear anybody yeah, shouting at you on the pitch. Yeah, and we had some great sports people in the 68 cadet class. Yeah. And, um, like, so you're going in, like, thinking you're a great sports person. Surrounded by them, yeah. Yeah, surrounded by them. Big fish in a small pond. Definitely. And, and, and as regards kind of rec records as well, you, you were the youngest ever to win an, an author. Um, I don't, I, I didn't know, I didn't really, really realise that. But, yeah, I was quite young when I got my first All-Star. I have seven, I think. And one replacement, and um, yeah, I was I, I got my first All Star when I was in nineteen ninety seven. So it would have been fifteen, fourteen, fifteen for my first, and I got that as full forward. And then I got my last one in ninety six, and I got a replacement one. I'd say is it. I'd say, I'd I'd say it Cora. is. Cora Staunton, she... I'd say. It would have been nineteen eighty seven. There, just to just clarify. Nineteen ninety seven. Oh, nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. And then, your, and then your, 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 sex, your last one? Or 88. I had one in 1998, 1996, I think. Yeah, my mum was giving them to me the other day. Would you believe it? They're all in mum's place. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're... Just getting they're, to the clean they're, 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 <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But our all-stars at that stage, you go down to Clay Kerry and you get onto the boat, onto the train, you go down to Kerry and they'd give you... You know, it was great to be able to be given a jersey. Yeah. You know, you'd be given a jersey to keep. Yeah. That was a big thing back then, not to hold on to your jersey. So we'd head down to Kerry and play the Kerry girls or head to Waterford or wherever you played in the All-Ireland, you play in the All-Star game. Yeah. And my very last All-Star, which was a replacement All-Star, which was a new thing, we got to go to Singapore. Brilliant. So that was very nice. It was a nice way to end. And so you got a bit of travel out of it as well over the course yeah. of it. Yeah, and I got to play, you know, and uh, the girls that were coming up, that great Cork team, Rena Buckley, Juliet Murphy, right, yeah. Bridge Corkery, Cora Staunton. Got to meet all those. Yeah. And watch their career develop as I was stepping aside. A veteran, a veteran yeah. campaigner. Yeah, and it's lovely to see now, as I said, Coke Park not not being filled. You know, we were lucky in two thousand and three. We had the record number for bringing up people. Mayo were good to travel. Leash were good to travel. We had what is thirty something thousand, but now they're up at the forty fifties. Yeah, the, the, yeah, sixty thousand yeah. people. So it's lovely. It's a pleasure to go to Coke Park. Uh, yeah, for me. To see it grow, 
because you know you, you hear when you talk to other GA people like you know and especially with the lads you know they say oh you know how hard it is to play in front of 80,000 people yeah. I say it's very hard to play in front of 100 people yeah. I mean where's the motivation in that you know to, yeah. and I think the way you know especially with the LGFA have put the, you know set the standard yeah. high in terms of attendance you know and Camogie is trained to follow I, I think though even if it's 100 people or if it is 80,000 people or 50,000, that affects you, I think, in, in the warm-up or before yeah. the game. But once the ball yeah. goes in, it, you, you don't see the crowd. Out, yeah, you, you actually yeah. don't. Yeah. You might hear them in the background if, it's, if, if there's a score or if there's a big play. But I think you're focused so much on your, your performance yeah. that yeah. the crowd really, you don't see them, you know. So it's all about playing yeah, you know yeah, and that's no, no, no. And, and making sure you you do your job for your team that's yeah, the most important thing yeah um you were an all-rounder as um, you were as you said in the in the off season you just just to drop and play a bit of rugby for Ireland in your spare time yeah i was down in uh, down in college in galway and uh, i was in the galway main institute the gmit and um it was the winter time so i decided to jump the wall and see go in and play a bit of Rumby. Yeah. I didn't know the rules. <laughs> and I remember playing an international and uh, looking at one of the girls and saying, now, can I put it over the bar? Because I did the kicking for them. I played yeah. full back. Now, they put it over the bar or they put it over the line? And I remember the ref laughing at me because it always goes over the line or whatever, you know. So, uh, no, I played for Connacht. I played for, I got uh, three caps for Ireland. And then I, I was using it as um, something to do during yeah. the winter and something to do down in Galway and a training, keep the training, you know, yourself off season. Did you get physical caps? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah actually, not at the time. Yeah. Would you believe only ooh, about three years ago, they organised it up in the Aviva Stadium. Uh, yeah, and the, any of the girls over the years that wouldn't have been given them. So they gave us a physical cap. So I have that at home. Brilliant. Yeah. So it's nice. It's very nice. Yeah. Orla Foley's sister, Rosie Foley, she played for Ireland. And she um, organised it and that gang, yeah, yeah. While, while we're on, on the subject of your own kind of uh, football career, ma'am, just uh, you were heavily involved in the setting up of Ladies Gaelic Football, the actual club within the Defence Force itself. Yes, back in, oh God, I can't tell you the year, but um, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Herbert and Rena, Rena Kennedy here, and yeah, a few of us, yeah, and Neve O'Mahony, uh, she's out in Bosnia now and she, it's amazing I've just come back from Bosnia and they're retired uh, Defence Forces herself and Mick Mercer are retired Defence Forces captains and they were involved uh, Neve was involved in the setup too and it's excellent it's just it was an amazing thing to get the girls there's a number of girls that can play numerous sports in the Defence Forces get us all together get us involved uh, it was unusual playing against the guards playing against the banks and you know it was nice for the girls and we were at the same banquets as the guys and it was nice and uh, it was great great teams and it's good for it's good for camaraderie and good to get to know the girls there's not a huge amount of girls in the defense forces particularly back then yeah. but everybody got to know each other and it's a good link and it's everyone still was, a good everyone was playing the same sports so if you're playing basketball yeah you mean the same people playing camogie yeah, yeah. following week it was ladies football you yeah. know, it was all the same group yeah. of girls playing. Yeah, I played against you in the That's right, yeah. I remember yeah, that yeah. down in Galway. We even got to the seven sides. Like, that was the, that was a that great was the pinnacle. Yeah. Like. yeah, that was a great weekend, actually. Yeah, yeah. and 
Let my match that day when I played against you. Oh, that's it. So like, you know, you're you're going to be on two runs bottom now, then you know, I'm like what? <laughs> we had a great out tussle that. Yeah, day, we did. So. I'll yeah, never forget yeah. it. Actually, you met my match. <laughs> And I suppose where your where your concerns are like you're you're from a kind of very well known and kind of illustrious kind of military and sporting family, uh, with your own your own father, the late uh, Lieutenant General uh, Dermot Early, former Chief of Staff to Defence Forces, being called uh, one of the greatest footballers to never win in Ireland. Ireland. It was 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 kind of sport was a huge thing for you growing up, I presume. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's funny. I always remember when he was playing in his last one or two years with Roscommon, eighty four, eighty five. I would have been maybe. Six, six or seven, and myself and my two brothers were massive Roscommon supporters because, you know, he was our dad and playing football for Roscommon, and we knew he was a kind of a big deal at the time. He was a big player, um. So we used to go up and down to Roscommon, um, down to, to Hyde Park, um, and then he retired in, in '85 and played with Sarsfields, and that's where we, you know, played football every Saturday morning, and we developed a love for our club. Um, and our community based on that um, and I suppose then he was based in, in, in New York for four years and we ended up going off to, to New York for four years in 97 to, to 91 um, and that was a great experience because you were exposed to so many different sports that you, you just really appreciated sport and how great it was and how much enjoyment you got out of it and you tried a lot of different sports and you took little aspects from, from different things like I played basketball over there, and one of the things where I would have felt I was strong in my game was it was in the air, and I certainly picked up those skills uh, at an early age from playing basketball, um, and and it's interchangeable this the skills you know that you can you can bring from one sport to another, but when I came home, well we we all came home, you know you're a little bit older then you start playing more with your club, and then you start developing a real love for your county. Yeah. So I, my allegiance, even though we were always born, born and bred just out the road here in Newbridge, you know, when you come home from America, coming home to Ireland, yeah. there was a little bit of a, a period there where it was kind of tough to fit back into the, the Irish way of life. And the one way that I found it easy to kind of fit back in was through sport. Um, and then you developed a love for, for Kildare and you start playing with your, your, your county or your club and your good enough to get a trial and then it you know it, it, it takes off from there and at that time you know Nico De Wire was, was managing from there there was a great buzz mm. they were getting to Leinster fine but you must have had to deal with the fact that well, there's down there so yeah I, I kind of was always a little bit conscious of that and, and don't get me wrong I got opportunities because yeah. of that absolutely and um, maybe undeserved opportunities but in the end, yeah. but in the end, uh, you know, I was yeah, able to prove I was able to prove myself that I was good enough to yeah. to play at that level, and I was good enough, yeah. you know, to get that. So, and then your own career as you get older, you, you take it on. You you, you you goal set. You 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 know you want to, and I only learned that. I'm sure Jamie did did that. A lot. I only learned that at the end of my career about the importance of goal setting yeah, yeah, yeah. and writing down your goals and and what you want to achieve out of out, out of the year. And I found it was a great, I, I just wish I did it earlier yeah. in, in my career. Um, and, and it's not only, you can apply that in any aspect of, whether it's your job, goal setting as well, but mm. certainly in sport, if you write down your goals, it just focuses you on achieving them. Yeah. And you know, you learn about long-term goals, short-term goals. You have long-term goals, how are you going to achieve them? You need to have a couple of short-term goals in order to get to that. 
but I found it helped me. Yeah, it's a, it's a big thing now that's, you know, yeah. after creeping in the last few years, you know, sports psychologists and getting people to actually just think at the start of the year, you know, what do you want out of this? Yeah. Even if it's a junior club, you know, do you want it? And it doesn't even have to be to, to win an all Ireland final. It could be like, you know, to get to, if you're used to getting knocked out in the first round, yeah. get to the second round, get, you know, build build something and progress and uh and it's something then that we do all the time and the defense forces yeah. are able to yeah you know it's a it's amazing yeah. and did, did you find just just from the point of view like that the household of the fact your, your dad was very encouraging for both your sporting and military kind of aspirations you know we were so influenced by 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 the army from such a young age because of one the is right beside you um it's a fantastic place i, I think people probably take it for granted, local people, but the facility that you have here is it, it's just unbelievable. It's, it's just made for training. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you know, going to America, him being overseas as well in between that time. Um, what I always loved when he came home and I asked him, what did you do today? It was like every day was a different, a different story, a different adventure. And I said, that's what I want to do. Yeah. And I was lucky enough that, you know, I didn't have far to go. Yeah. Um, and, and it was, as I joined the army, you know, I, I was lucky. I know, Sue, you were saying about getting out as a cadet. Sending Downs, who was my cadet master, Lieutenant Colonel, played football for Clare. And they played on the railway cup team with Mick O'Dwyer, who was mm-hmm. Kildare manager at the time. And Mick O used to ring Sending Downs weekly and say, uh, Kildare training Tuesdays and Thursdays, can Dermot come out? And either Sending would say, yeah, he can go, or no, he's in the Glen. And yeah. I would be picked up down at the post office out to Hawkfield where we train or sometimes it was in McDonough or sometimes it was down in the gym. It was very difficult when you know you've done yeah, it. I know, yeah, that, that, that was the thought. But I was just so happy to be in with the there, in training with the senior team. Yeah. And um, you know, I was lucky in that sense and I actually made my, my championship debut in ninety seven um, and then the following year I was I was starting on the team. Um, and that was the year we got to an All Ireland final. Yeah. Won at won Leinster for the first time in forty two years. Uh, got to an All Ireland final, and you know at that stage nineteen or twenty, um, just commissioned. Your life couldn't get any better. This is the way it's going to be every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We got back. We won Leinster in two thousand, but we never got back again. Got back to a semi final in, in two thousand ten. Um, but that's that's sport, you know, and it's. The good days keep you going because I certainly had a lot more bad days than I had good days. But those five minutes of euphoria after the good day is enough to drive you and keep yeah. you going back the next day. And that's yeah. what it's all about. And Mark knows it as well, you know. It's you know, an addiction. It is. It is an addiction, you know. Because I was, I was going to ask you the same kind of question that I would have asked um, Conor was, was like, he played 16 seasons with, with Kildare and in the first season he had that level of success and like to have that resilience and that kind of drive to come back again and again and yeah. again. And was it just from the balls the first time or what? Well, I think that's what... That's what it is, you know, and it was a great year, that first year, Leinster, All-Ireland final, won an All-Star, it was, it was fantastic, you know, um, but playing with a great bunch of lads as well, like, the guys that, mm. I think the team, there's something that we learn in the Defence Force, the importance of, of, of the team environment. We don't operate in anything, on an individual level on the Defence Forces, everything you do, you're either, whatever appointment you have, you're as good as the team that are around you, and that's the same in sport. 
and we had a great team at that time. I suppose kind of moving in talking about the kind of great um, bunch of lads that you had around you at the time and kind of the teams and stuff. You're involved with the Gay Players Association over a period of time. Um, like, how did you find that? Did, did you find? Did you feel a level of kind of responsibility to become involved there, or? Um, I didn't look. You're always as, as an intercounty player. You're, you're, you're always a member, um, and I was always a member as a player. I was there when it was the whole inception. You know, meetings in Port Leash and, and that, and it was driven, and it was at a time when, you know, commercialisation was coming into the GAA and on a on a big scale, and you know, players were providing this you know platform for this commercialisation, but were getting very little from it, and it was just in basic stuff like gear and boots and things like that, and now it's developed further. In that the levels of commitment are getting higher and higher, and you know, you can almost, as an intercounty player, your identity is known for your player, but not for your profession, which is, you know, it's 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 general kind of the football or sorry the camogie player, or it's you know Sue Rantwan plays football or Dermody football, or it's not so much Dermody that you have the yeah. you know, and um, I think you know the important provide a lot of services for players, set them up in uh, business, provide advice. And I, 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 I like that aspect. Yeah. And as I got involved in it, um, I got onto the National Executive Committee and then I became president of the association. And then I got the opportunity to work as the CEO for a year, which was an excellent opportunity. And I was very grateful to the Defence Forces that I was able to take a year out uh, and go on a leave of absence. Um, and learn from from that year, um, and it was it really was it was it was tough and um, it's a challenging appointment. Very um, so I suppose for yourself, Jim, kind of coming to the other, we were talking a lot about sort of maybe kind of resilience and, and heartache and keeping on going. But from the other end of the spectrum, you, you've had an incredible amount of success in your in your sport and career. Nine, nine All-Ireland medals and, and ten All-Stars from, from, what, my, from what my notes say here. Eleven. <laughs> oh, hey, good girl. I got a <laughs> I'm looking for another one. Yeah. <laughs> from the perspective of like when you've reached the pinnacle of your sport like that, how, how do you kind of keep yourself motivated over that amount of time? I don't know, I suppose that's gold really, isn't it? How you keep, yeah. that's the kind of, the ticket really to success. I think if we knew the answer to that, I don't know, we'd probably be playing forever. But um, yeah, I think everyone has their own personal kind of motivations of what drives them, what drives us, you know, what yeah. works for me, might work for the man, might work for you, sir. And, uh, but you must love it. But Exactly, and that's, that's the key thing, isn't yeah. it? You must want for yourself and you must want it for the team. I think going out and going through the motions is it's, it's not really up to par. It doesn't set the standard. It's not acceptable. It's not part it's not part of you. Like and that's why you were where you are where you are. Like and we all played, we all start off playing it because we loved it. And then as as a, as you go on you get older it gets a bit more serious. But um you know people say oh, look I I've nine all Ireland medals and you know so many all stars whenever and that's good and that you know you want the next year you want you want it again and you want it more. Like I lost five all Ireland. I know people think you know don't realise that, but you know just like you were saying earlier, like you learn from all these things and there it's an important process in in playing sport is losing you know and um, if you can't learn from them, then I don't think the next year is going to be any good because you must be able to learn every year is about learning and learning, and if you win. 
in Ireland the year before or the year before and you're going for two in a row or three in a row or four in a row or whatever, you know, you have to be able to say, well, what worked last year isn't going to be good enough this year, you know. So you have to constantly raise the bar. That's it. And because you set the bar, you know, if, say, if Cork went in Northern Ireland and Galway are now or trying to match it there and say, like, last year, Galway won the Ireland, no, they are where they are, you know, I know it's up to everybody else to match that. And that's what happens in sport. Whoever wins sets the bar and you have to keep on setting it higher because people are just going to pass you if you don't. Over the course of your playing career, you should have seen huge development in, in Camogie and in, do you know what I mean, and in, and in the ladies' game in general, yeah. as, in, as it's been proper resources as it should be um or improving and um like have you seen have you seen that like like other counties start to bite appeals of cork and, and other other traditional yeah i mean i suppose in terms of the likes of galloway and and kilkenny and ourselves there's only really probably about a point or two between those three teams like you know and that's what the margins are so tight like you know it's and it comes down to, you might, you know, I definitely believe too, there's a lot of luck on the day as well. Like, you know, I know you create your own luck, but, um, you know, a point or two, the bounce of a ball, you know, a bad tackle. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's it's right. decision. Anything. Yeah, you know, anything could go yeah. wrong and could go in your favour. And, um, you know, I suppose uh, the, the Camogie is going in the right direction. It's still, you know, in terms of, say, if you're a making a comparison with the ladies football and stuff like that like you know they are where they are with the the attendance and we're hoping to match that in the next few years and uh, and keep going that way but um yeah look uh everything is progressing nicely yeah. and louise collins in charge you know she's right, up yeah, there. They give yeah. A military yeah you know former military yeah, yeah. yeah and there's always room for improvement you know where Camogie players are meeting constantly, you know, and even, you know, the WGPA is yeah. set up now and, you know, we're trying to kind of mirror what, what you're, you've been doing in the last, and you're helping the WGPA. Yeah, you know. Yeah, oh, th that's what I think the ultimate goal is. And, well, what do you say about setting the bar, coming back? Yeah. so long, but, like, you know, we're asking how do you do it like but mm. everybody I think when you play you have a reason why you play yeah you, you have something and it's it, that reason is very personal to to people like some people might just I just want to be the best that I can be yeah yeah and that's what drives them or other people might say I want to win it for someone or yeah win it for something but you have a drive behind you that keeps you going and definitely and that's it and it's 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 personal but the common thing is there's a drive. Yeah. Yeah, and I suppose that kind of brings us on a slight bit to kind of talking about what we made, what we mentioned in the in the in the preamble in, in the setup. Like lot losses are things that you remember. I I know, ma'am, you've you've a, a good friend of yours that I mean, would you that you would have lost? Yes, would, yes. Lulu Carroll. She played along with me all the way up from primary school, all the way up, and she passed away then uh, in two thousand and eight. And you know, you kind of you know it is a loss and you, you don't have the same grow then your mm. friends are moving on and all the rest but yes not like you know it, it is a, for everybody you know you have your friends or for you Dermot who's your dad and for you mm. Gemma I know is your yeah. mum so yeah it's very very hard very hard for you I, I think it's it kind uh, of um, puts things into perspective you know you hear yeah. a lot of things in sport and say sport is great for you know when you're going through a hard time and it is 100% but sometimes it you puts it into perspective, the, yeah, that you go, yeah. well, maybe that's not as important. You know, for yeah. years, it was like, movie was the most important thing, you know, yeah. sport was the most important thing. But then when yeah. something like that happens, then you kind of realise, well, it's not really like, but then at the same time, 
and you start to playing because of that person. Yeah. So, you know, there's a fine balance, really, in why how, how you know, it comes full circle, really, I suppose, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Lulu was a huge benefit yeah. to our club and county and the young people behind us and set up of the club. It's just, you know, some people just have it. Some people just are that. You yeah. know, they have whatever that genesis was, whatever it is, whatever yeah. the X factor is, she was just one of those people, you know, full of fun, full of crack. Uh, like going to play in one of the All-Irelands, I would be serious, you know, self-driven, very much self-driven herself, mm-hmm. no no doubt about it, but like, you would take the crack probably a little bit better than I was, entering <laughs> Croke Park, entering Croke Park and open up my fo- football bag, take out my football boots and get stopped in a hotel on the way up for sandwiches and tea and there was a cup and saucer from from one of the hotels like and she burst or something yeah, yeah, yeah. what else can you do I know. there's the tension gone and things like that just yeah. funny things really funny yeah. good humoured yeah person as regards we, we kind of want to talk about as well the kind of funny thing about the defence force is that you're, play, you're playing representative for your, for your counties but you also find yourself playing representative for the defence forces and um, playing somebody in another county fixture at the weekend and the next thing putting on a, a brigade jersey or a defence force jersey and playing alongside them. Um, kind of strong rivalries. I know someone mentioned uh, mentioned Mayo for you, man. That's right, yeah. We'd be, Mayo would have been, towards the end of my career, would have been the, 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 you know, the ones that we'd be playing in and the battles that happened. And then... Uh, Diana Hora joined and Denise McDonough joined and there was a few more that were involved you know and you would have those clashes but then you put on the jersey the you know and uh, it's a different you're in the same dressing room you know and you'd be very interested to see what makes them tick yeah you know and uh, yeah for the next time yeah 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 and it's the same with the all star yeah. trip sure you're playing against people that you've played for years yeah. and next all of a sudden you're playing together and you're kind of going oh what's their pre-match yeah. routine or how you know how do they you know yeah but it changes your view yeah. on people too yeah. you know it's for for you know you respect them probably maybe a little bit more or mm. you know like when we went off to singapore like course daunting wouldn't have known her yeah. you know and like yeah. yeah great people and yeah. uh how they're involved but you know what makes them tick as i said yeah. it's really really nice you learn, you learn yeah yeah well, and open-minded just regards to i mean sport and defense forces you know we've had in all codes, we've had, you know, success mm-hmm. um, at the highest level in all sports. And it just goes to show you how much of an emphasis um, that the Defence Forces place on sport uh, and, and you know, the importance of it. Um, yeah. And there's a place for it in mm-hmm. the Defence Forces. But it was for me, and I think there was yeah, yeah, the yeah. three of us. And it's important if you are wearing the Defence Forces jersey that you... You give it the same. Yeah, yeah. I suppose there's something. There is some kind of there's a connection there, like as, a rep- as you say, representation. It's, it's an interesting. It's an important point to make. Um, so I, I suppose what we might kind of talk about then is kind of the greatest influences that influences on your careers. So what about what about yourself, Gemma, as regards that kind of inspired you out in sport and maybe to join the defence forces too? Or yeah, um, I suppose I suppose we kind of spoke about this already, like. Family is a massive factor for sport for me, and my mother grew up playing Camogie, played with the the Glen underage, and uh, my family would have been Glen Rovers uh, hurling people. Uh, my brother plays with Barra Senior Team, um, my club St Finbars, my uncle Captain Cork Minor um, hurling, 
um, you know, many years ago. So it's in the family, and that drive came from that, and that love came from that, you know. And uh, that's, I think, that's what the ultimate influence for me. Like, and then you, obviously enough, then you have sporting heroes growing up that you want to mimic, or you take, as I said, you take little snippets of, or oh, like the way Teddy Mac used to go up and catch the ball, <laughs> like you know, yeah. and the, the nippy corner forward, the tuffle back, you know, the fast wing forward, or wing, you know, and you take all those snippets and you try to add it to your own, own game. And there's, I'd say, 10 plus people I, I could yeah. name out in terms of playing. But yeah, the ultimate driving force for me is, was my family, you know, and that's massive biggest influence in terms of joining defence forces. I had nobody really in my family who I wanted a career that was had something to do with the outdoors, you know. And uh, that's why I chose that. I'm, the only connection there was that uh, my aunt's husband was in the Navy and he said, you know, Look, you could join the navy, but I would recommend you maybe to join the army in terms of sport because you you know you're out at sea a lot and stuff like that. Mm. So that that really made sense. And uh, you know, I have a cousin in the army now, and but like, you know, that's the biggest driving factor, I suppose, is is my family overall. Like, you know. Well, I mean, we're, I'm going to your your kind of defence force careers in a bit more detail in a second as well. And what yourself, sir? I mean, like yeah. your dad is the obvious one, but your family. Yeah. And my, my dad, obviously, my mum. Yeah. You know, a GA woman from Tipperary, loves Ireland. Um, you know, um, exactly the same. Um, what Jenna said, you take little aspects from 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 different sports. And um, like Jordan was was one of mine. Yeah. It's great to see that last dance recently. You know, it brought it all back yeah. to me. Kind of you got to see him live. Yeah, so it's amazing. Recently, spent four years in the states, and I got to see him twice in Madison Square Garden. I can still picture it. Um, she was larger than life. It was just, at the, and it was it was the 90, 91, 1990 and ninety one. Yeah, season. When he was uh, when he was flying, you know, um, but you take little aspects. Yeah. Another another um, area where where I got inspiration was my own teammates. You know, um, you, they, when you look at them and you see what they're doing. The work that they're putting in, that doesn't yeah, inspire you. Yeah. You know, one of the things I just didn't want to, I didn't want to let them down. Yeah. You know, because you know how much effort they're putting in, you know, the hours. And then the public side of things where they can the critic the criticism is very is very public. Um we have a big media aspect that covers sport in, in this country and you know social media as well and couple on that, you know, they're very critical and that, that can hurt sometimes mm -hmm. as well. Um, but you're, I, I used to get great inspiration from them um, when I see them, you know, training hard and feed off me and hopefully you're, you're feeding other guys as well. And that's, that's a big thing as well. It's a great phrase to say you don't want to, don't want to let your teammates down and I suppose you, we could all probably relate back to your time in training as well, like when you felt that you didn't want to leave your, your group down and your cadet class on your section down. Only as quick as the, the last person yeah, it's in true. section. Yeah. And you did everything. Yeah, and as I yeah. said, we had really fit guys like Mayo Miners at that stage, Fergal Cross, with huge Fergal Cross from Mick Smith, with huge footballers, and Liam Toland played for Ireland at the rugby. And like, these guys were big guys, strong, fit guys. Like, you know, they hit off me, they were going to kill me. <laughs> you know, you had Noel Mar there playing hurling and. You know, all these guys really, really fit, really, you know. But they had to wait for the likes of me then, you know, and give you the nudge. And, you know, 
there's a big smile on their head when you were dying, but they were good. I'd say, I know you could give as good as it. Yeah. yeah. I, that's the good thing about football. Yeah. You're, you're, you're the, the boots. You'd never get blisters. Yeah. <laughs> the root marches. Yeah, your, your feet were well worn in at that yeah. stage. Yeah. Your summer football yeah. boots. You know, there was no such thing as blisters or, you know, the big long root marches weren't going to kill you or yeah, the weights yeah. weren't going to kill you or the backpacks were, you know, because you'd be good and strong. Mm. That's, you know, the football would stand to you. So for any girls that, are, that want to join the army, if they're playing football, you know, it'd be very yeah. suitable. Yeah. And as, as influences on, on yourself, ma'am, you, you mentioned in the preamble that the, the theme song for the Sunday game was a... <laughs> yeah, it's a, I, I was just saying there to Dermot and Gemma beforehand that, um, you know, you'd be, as a small child, you'd be looking back now even at the classic because with COVID, you're kind of looking at the games, past games, you're kind of saying, did I see that live or did I see... I remember watching that game years ago and whatnot and uh, as a small child, you'd hear the Sunday game music Mum would put me to bed early, normal like. Sunday game might be on at nine, half nine, and next thing I'd um, I'd hear the music and run out out to dad and watch the Sunday game. And it was the music, you know, hair standing the back of your neck, and you'd go out and watch the matches, and I loved them. And then uh, for then after playing football, and then one Sunday, watching start of the season, watching the Sunday game, and next thing you're there, and next thing you see yourself. On the mute, and like that was a that was a big thing for me, you know. It was it was it was nice. And I suppose the other one then was um, asked, would I the Kellogg's cornflakes? Yeah, you know, when you open up the Kellogg's yeah, cornflakes yeah. box, you know, and the slag in the family used to give. Yeah, you know the cards, you know the cards. You and uh, myself, I think it was Anne Downey actually that were on it. Were the only two girls at that particular time, and uh, oh, I remember the slagging. And I, do you know what? That's a very good question because. No, I do have it. And I only found it there two weeks ago. I know how I found it. And moving house and moving this and moving that. I had a box and uh, there was clothes and dresses and stuff. And the little one, the 12-year-old, was all dressing up and putting on the dresses and whatnot. And uh, it was in that. And she says, Mammy, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> was it inside yeah. the cereal box itself? Yeah, 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 yeah. Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant, yeah, yeah. So what we kind of want to talk about now is your Defence Forces careers and the challenge of balancing a full-time Defence Forces career um, with uh, that kind of elite uh, sporting career. So for, for yourself, ma'am, you, you joined the Defence Forces in... Uh, 91, commissioned in 93. So yes, yeah, difficult. But I have to say the Defence Forces have always been very good to me and, you know, like... Back then, you know, I got out for the All-Irelands and, I, you know, weren't exactly getting out for training at that stage. But again, the county would have been very good to me. Defence Force is very good to me. I think for anybody that wants a career in the Defence Forces, you can blend them. It's a, it, it, They kind of go hand in hand. Mm. Sport, Defence Forces, all the attributes. Yeah, learn well in the Defence Forces is time management. Yeah, yeah. Like we, 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 it's drilled into you from a very early age of your training the importance of, of managing your time to get through a certain thing. And I think you can take that because it is time management, finishing work, trying to get it's to training. training. But that's the, the discipline of it. Yeah. And I think the best sports people are so disciplined in how they actually approach their sport and how they eat mm. and how they train and how they rest. Mm. And, and like, there's three things that you can actually like, take from the defense force yeah. because that's, that's our... 
The planning and organization side of the defense yeah. forces, we learned that skill very early and we learned time management yeah. as well. And if you want to succeed, you have to blend, you know, you go to work, you work. Yeah. You go home, you get to train and you do your training and you must get to bed. Yeah. Like you're not going out at night, you're not, you must get to the bed, you must get your yeah. nutrition in, you must get... And so you, you finished training with Commission 6 Battalion in Athlone as an yeah. infantry officer. Yeah, and I went to college then and I was worked in the BTC too in the training centre, did a recruit platoon and... What else did I do? I went overseas with the 86th Infantry, Infantry Battalion. I also work, had the pleasure of working with President McAleese as our aide-de-com for a number of years. I was in Kosovo after that. And I'm just back then. I did a year in Bosnia out as the Joint uh, Operations Centre uh, Jock Director out in Bosnia. And that was excellent. And as I said, no matter where you go in the world, the GAA and the Defence Forces are intertwined. Yeah. And out there, one of the first people I met and helped me and took me in as their family, really took me to their heart, and uh, was uh, Neve O'Mahony, John O'Mahony's daughter, great football and family, you know, great defence forces, ex-captain in the defence forces, and Mick Mercer, and another guy then, Tommy Lynham from um, Clara down Knoffley, big GA man down there, you know, adopted. They were living out there. Ex-army, ex-GA guys, and I was at home immediately you know it's it's amazing you can travel the world you'll meet these irish people everywhere dotted all over dotted the all over the place <laughs> but the, not only are they dotted all over the place but when they um when they open up their homes and open up their hearts yeah. to you you know that you're you know it makes life so much easier mm. and i know that's you know and that whole army thing you know you want or need for nothing and you're reminded and yeah, yeah. you know it helps you you know, and such a, you know, it's a, such a, a big move. I had my two girls with me out you there. Your, your yeah. yeah, so it's a, it's you know, it's a, it's a big, it's a big leap and big challenges. You're kind of saying to yourself, God, these are huge challenges. Sports and the sports are there. The defense force sports are there. The, you know, your friends. Yeah. You, that, that, that's that's huge. You know. So. And, and you're you're back now, and you're you're in the military college. Now, I'm up in the military college now at the moment, and all settled back in. And uh, what's what's your current I'm in the Defence Force Library. Oh, okay. well, yeah, so, so, yeah. So, so, yeah. So we do the accreditations with Carlo IT and um, Minute and um, deal here with the yeah, 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 command staff yeah, school. So there, yeah. We're sending in our, our next course in. Next eleventh, yeah. Eleventh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there, it's uh, it's going. There's the recruits, three star recruits in there at the moment, and there's, you know, it's constant, it's constant command staff yeah. course, the junior command staff course. It's constant. You know, like training has continued and needs to continue. Yeah, it, and well, it's done so well. But we have that. You need that facility there, research facility, because there's aspects of that to both all courses. Yeah. Um, as we said, I don't have it together for me. And yeah. That's what one of the books does this year as well, actually. But, um, the accreditation process now is excellent for people in defence forces now, isn't it? That oh, yeah. The minute you start to even recruit training yeah. now, that you're building up to something to finish Everybody's it at the end of the day. Exactly. It doesn't yeah. matter Whereas who you are, what no. you're interested in. Exactly. There's yeah. something there for you. We deal with people and they mightn't have had, you know, just the, the leaving cert done or maybe not the leaving cert done. Yeah. And they just need the tiniest little bit of guidance. And up, up and away, it's amazing. Or they just don't realise until later in life, well, like, actually, I'm really interested in this. I yeah. think I want to go down in the US. Yeah. And we've really you know? smart people. Yeah. And they're doing, yeah. say, maybe supply chain management. You could have a sergeant 
uh, you could have uh, an officer, you could have whoever doing supply chain management, for an example, would be, in a, uh, we see quite a few of them coming in. And they have this experience, a wealth of it, but they might have the qualifications behind it. Yeah. Realize what no. The no. And what they know is phenomenal and how bright and how good they are at their job. But it's just a piece of paper then they might need, yeah. you know, for the next. And that's what I love about the army. And I really see it where I am is the education. Everybody is getting this education. Everybody's is being looked after that way. And uh, we see the importance and the value of educating our people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, no stone is left unturned for people really no. now at this stage. And it's, you know, it's great. That's what I enjoy. I w enjoy people coming in, you know, yeah, and yeah. watching them develop. And yourself, sir, you were part of the 70 Turkey class. 70 Turkey class, we were um, commissioned, joined in, in 96, uh, October, so 24 years ago, almost, and uh, commissioned in 98, uh, right up to the 5th Battalion um, um, in Dublin, which the Dubs is funny, actually, because we beat, we beat Dublin, I was still a cadet in first round in June 98, and Tommy Carr, oh, yeah. former ca army captain, um, was the manager of Dublin. And when I went to McKee, he was the barrack adjutant. <laughs> and uh, the boys were having a little bit of a, a mess with me and told me that um, I was on duty the day the Leinster final. It took me a couple of hours to realize it was a ball. <laughs> That's just the army. The army yeah. Yeah. So you have to be able to take it and yeah. give it. So I spent, I spent 10 years, 10 great years at the 5th Battalion, a uh, fantastic unit, and then I went over to, to logistics for a little bit and then joined the military police. Um, I spent a good few years at the military police. Um, and then I got the opportunity to go down in 2018 to do my command and staff course. Um, and uh, I, I finished that uh, last summer and I'd be delighted to, to be offered a position as a corridor instructor for the next mm -hmm. for the next course. So that's what we're doing at the moment. We're planning for them um, to come in on, on the end of August and find the staff course is, is, is probably the senior course in the army for for senior officers and um, we train them to, to be able to operate at that level and both at home and, and overseas and um, but the great thing is that as Sue was saying we also um, come out of it with because of our partnership with the new university uh, and a master's in leadership and defense studies and it's an intense nine months but it's an excellent course and probably one of the most enjoyable years I had yeah. in the Defence Forces was on it. So looking forward to 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 to, to organising being part of the coordination for, for the next course. Fantastic. And you also served overseas in Bosnia and Yeah, I went to Bosnia in 04, which is six months, and then I didn't go again until till thirteen, went to Lebanon. And I was happy, I was delighted I went to Lebanon because there's huge history in Lebanon. Yeah. History, and I wanted to I wanted to be there, I wanted to see it, I wanted to experience the places that, that soldiers had been since 78. Yeah, and our so history and our... our history there. And, um, I, I suppose I, I, I was talking to John earlier on about it, you know, like 
I didn't really volunteer for overseas between 05 when I came home and, and 12 when I finished um, because you know, sometimes as a sports person you are a little bit selfish as well. Um, and you kind of have to be, I suppose, yeah, if you want to. Focus is, is sometimes, you know, performance. Thankfully, the organisation was able, you know, was, you know that they allow us to do that. Um, and, um, you know, you only have a short window as well at, at that, at that inter-county level. Yeah, you do. You want to maximise it. Yeah. You know, be the best that you can be in that period of time. So, um, so hopefully I'll, I'll, I'll go to another shop. Yeah, and you, you mentioned in the in the setup just about kind of the idea of sort of giving back if the organisation has absolutely yeah, absolutely. And it's the same way we, we want to give back to our clubs as well. And you know when that time comes, and so we will do that. And it's the same with the organisation. The defence forces have been certainly been very good to me. You know to yeah. allow, allow us to develop as as, as sports people, and um, and then you give back again in your time in other ways, and that's that's the way it is. Yeah. And. From your perspective, perspective, Jimmy, you joined in 2003, down in Cork. Cork, yeah. Um, trained in Cork with the 4th Infantry Battalion and then went to the 4th Infantry Battalion until 2012. Um, and then 4th Infantry Battalion joined the reorg and uh, everything else was disbanded. So the unit wasn't there any longer. And uh, I went to 1 Brigade BTC then after that and instructed on courses, recruit courses, potential NCO courses, um, so that was a great experience and I suppose I spent the majority of my life really since I joined instructing and you know and as you said ma'am like it's great to see you know somebody come in as a civilian and see people develop mm. into a soldier and you're able to kind of have an input into that whatever your role is. It was, in, it was interesting we did we did a we did an interview recently with a with a with Sergeant Rico Lucchese from the 27th Battalion who in his time trained nine recruit platoons and he said it's it's a wonderful thing to see as he said see that product and you can say in years to come you can say well I trained them yeah. when they, you know I it was my standards that I put on to them and that's yeah. why they're having a successful career themselves. And uh, just even going back in terms of the sport and defence forces, uh, Corporal Shelley Kyo and I know her, sis her sister Stacey joined later. You know, she plays with Wexford and I actually trained her and then ended up playing, playing against, against her. her and, well, that's a big... You know what I mean? And, you know, these, they're lovely girls and everything and then when it comes out to the pitch, like, you know, but... Oh, yeah, it's just it's amazing how you just meet people and, you know... The interaction you have with people and then later on down and come the summer you're playing lining out against them like but um and and and, and just to re-emphasize that like sport definitely goes hand in hand to the defense forces like you know what you learn on the pitch you can transfer into yeah. the defense forces and what you learn in the defense forces you can transfer that out to the pitch you know whether it's being highly motivated and uh leadership skills and yeah. you know it definitely goes hand in hand you know you had an interesting experience as well when you were an instructor in, in the Brigade Training Centre when you went to uh, South Carolina, to Paris Island, with the US Marines. An opportunity came to, I suppose they wanted to uh, form a four-person team to go over to South Carolina, over to Paris Island, where they train the US Marine Corps. And um, I didn't really volunteer for it at the time, and then my CO came to me and said, look, would you be interested in going over? Um, so actually it was the day after they... The All Stars in 2016, three o'clock in the morning, and I got picked up. <laughs> See, French Force yeah, is gone. Yeah, and I, know. See, and I was like, oh, wait, what am I doing here flying over? Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. I learned um, to adapt. So, went over, 
drove a few hours across South Carolina, from flew into Atlanta, and four of us um, drove to South Carolina trying to find our way with no GPS or nothing. It was a great <laughs> crack. But like that, we got to know, you know, met four new people where I never met before and got to know them and, you know, just good friends now and had great experiences. We went over to see, you know, is there anything we can learn from the likes of the U.S. Marine Corps? And come, we were all came from different um, training institutions, BTCs, you know, cadet schools and stuff like that. So we went over and we spent two weeks and four of us went to four different units. Uh, four different schools and uh, you know it's pretty intense over there to do things a little bit different but at the same time there's a lot of similarities where we have our values here they have their core values they call it mm. and you know but definitely a big learning process or what we've learned from it is that actually you know what we're doing here is quite good like you know that a lot of things that we do supersede what they're doing over and our basic training is actually kind of superior you know yeah. what they do like so i think we need to kind of give ourselves a small bit of credit i think it's probably a confidence issue you know in terms of um what we do because we, we're, we're not out in the front line at such we're in peacekeeping and peace enforcing roles yeah. but what you know we've highly skilled soldiers and, and you realize that when you do go abroad when you serve yeah, abroad you know yeah. when you when you compare yourself yeah. to the likes of the Americans, and I know there's other people that went on courses, like, you know, phobia courses with the Brits and things like that, you know, that people have these people up on a pedestal, and then we compare our own with those people, and, you know, we're quite good at what we do, you know, yeah. so, and you, we should, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Yeah. Um, and then after your, your uh, career as, a, as an instructor, you, uh, you're you now serving with the um, Central Medical Unit in, in Cork. Yeah, so um, I suppose just like that, the, the Defence Force gives us loads of opportunities to develop. And, it, you know, you can make what you want out of it. The opportunities are there. It's just up to yourself whether you want to take them or not, you know. And I learned a few thing, things from going over to the US Marine Corps. I know a lot of them have backgrounds in paramedic skills and, and things like that and and then again I think it's important to change roles as much as you can um I think uh, you know I wanted to learn something anyway I had an opportunity to go to UCD for a year and experience that and uh, I think I met you so up in UCD I think you were up there one of the days I think you were with a uh, some other was it Watford Herder at the time oh, yes, yes. yeah 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 that's that's right yeah yeah so um that was a good good opportunity i know i'm in cmu one brigade as a as a medic like and sure you know it's it's been a great experience a great opportunity since you know so i've learned loads of different new skills down through the years so it's fantastic yeah yeah served overseas liberia chad and uh lebanon so you know, you just think of the overseas trips. I remember coming back from Chad that weekend, laying and we were playing soccer with the Defence Forces at the time. Yeah. And we played, uh, represented the Defence Forces against France yeah. Yeah, in 2009. And they had actually a good few international players playing. We lost like something like 6-1 or 6-2. Yeah. Massive learn, but it was fantastic. Like, you know, that's where I know Irish jersey played against French internationals. And, you know, these are the things that you... Mm. So the that you value, yeah. like, you know. The opportunities are huge. Massive, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it, yeah. In UCD, yeah. 
your paramedic courses, your advanced paramedic courses, you know, that, that program is tailor-made for specifically for the National Ambulance Service. And then, you know, obviously you have the Defence Forces rolled into that with the Fire Brigade and all those uniformed yeah. un, un, units, like, and all the rest of, I suppose, the college population were, you know, they're asking you, you know, what are you doing here? And then, actually, I am interested in joining the Defence Forces and it's all about being seen and, yeah, you know, and... Yeah. Exactly. just shows you the possibilities yeah, there. Exactly. You. Like, they're to no end. Like, so some people think that, huge. you know, by putting on a uniform, you're just with a running, yeah. running with a backpack yeah. and, and, you know, but everyone, that's your basis. But it's not. There's so much yeah. more, whether it's IT, whether it's, you know, communications, paramedics, you know, engineer, whatever it is, just vast, mm. you know, opportunity there for people. And you've actually been always well involved in the, um, the uh, COVID-19 support from the health services executive. Yeah, so um, we've been supporting the National Ambulance Service and the HSC, and uh, we've a live ambulance in, in Cork and in, with the rest of the, uh, the Defence Forces um, supporting them and then we've been out testing in different um you know nursing homes and, and Parky Creeve which is just recently closed as a test centre they're moved to the location now. So yeah it's been a a really busy time for the medical unit but again that's, that's the type of for. experience that yeah. you know yeah yeah. Um and I suppose just, just kind of as we're kind of coming to the close of, of of this episode of the show just just from yourself, I mean, recommendation of the Defence Forces career for not only high sportsmen, but people, you know, people that are looking for something different, looking for something with a huge amount of opportunities, I'm sure. Yeah, well, I think, I think it's just, it's, it's the opportunity, the, the broad variety, variety mm. of, of yeah. opportunity that, that is in front of you in, in the Defence Forces. Jenna said, you go in, you do your basic training, but there are so many different branches that you can specialise in and you can find an interest in and actually, you know, yeah. educate yourself and just become as good as you can be. And that's that's the, I know it's a, like, you cringe a little bit when I yeah. say that, yeah. but you have opportunities yeah. to actually yeah. to be your best self. And, that's yeah. Yeah. and if you don't like an area, the best part is you can move on. Yeah, yeah. You can go to the next area. Like, like I'm 29 years now in the army, and the variety I've had is huge. And if I want variety in the morning, I can get that too. Yeah. And I couldn't recommend it. I love it. Right. Um. I think that that's been a wonderful insight into the career of of high level sports people, and and some fantastic information on your very careers within the defence forces. Um. So, ma'am, sir, uh, Sarge, thanks very very much for joining us today. Very much appreciate it. Um, for further information on the Defence Forces, check out our social media channels and military.ie. Serving members are also encouraged to check out the members area of military.ie. This episode was produced by Gunnar Paulick Sullivan of the Defence Forces Audiovisual School. The Irish Defence Forces podcast will return soon with another episode. Until then, to everyone out there, stay safe.